0: Welcome to the Fantasy Sports Collective podcast. This is your host Jay Dub. Here to talk about my fantasy musings for week 4. Technically I'm looking at week 3. It's going to be week 4 coming up. So I'll get to that on the flip side. This is America. Don't get you slipping no Don't get you slipping up. No. Look what I'm whipping up. No. What a weekend of football. It's not common to have a team drop 70 points, 70 points. Put that in perspective. The Miami Dolphins did what's only happened four times. And the last instance was in 1966 when the Washington commanders, I guess they weren't the commanders back then, but the Washington football team scored 72 to beat the New York Giants. He scored 42. So a beat down, but still decent kind of a little bit more scoring on both sides. This game was rough. If you're a Broncos fan, God, you, it was just thoroughly outplayed on both sides of the ball. Finally, there was something good happened in the mid to late fourth quarter when they had a kickoff return for a touchdown. Dolphins get the ball back and boom, 67 yard T run by rookie Devin Archain. What what else can I say? And a chain, what if I, I was thinking it was the greatest rookie running back debut in NFL history. And then I realized he'd played the week before I had one carry. So no records, but the third round pick from Texas A&M, if we're, we're keeping score here, which we do. This is fantasy. He ended up with four CDs on 18 carries for 205 yards rushing. Also chipped in four catches for 30 yards. He actually fell down and would have potentially could have had five, potentially even six touchdowns. What a day. And starting running back, and this is debated, some people were saying that a chain had almost all the touches with the first-team offense, which is insane. Mostert scored his touchdowns pretty early in the game, middle of the game, and a chain scored two touchdowns late late in the fourth quarter. But Mostert had four TDs, and he had 13 carries for 82 yards, seven catches for another 60 yards, three TDs on the ground, one TD through to the, the air. So Mostert now has seven TDs through three weeks, He's the number one fantasy running back. What a duo though. So I saw it reported by the way, just to close out on this, I saw it reported that if you you had been a fantasy owner and only started Miami Dolphins in week three, you would have cleared more than 200 fantasy points, which would have been good for, I think a win in just about any DFS game or fantasy contest. So look, before I get into some of this, what's real for Miami and what can we confidently say was maybe a mirage? Uh, Look, I'll start off at the top. We've seen enough of Tua now, especially the Tua to Tariq combo, to know that's one of the best quarterback wide receiver duos in the NFL. I, I give a lot of credit to Tyreek; He's a cheat code. But when Tua is healthy, he's a clear QB1, and he's got upside to be the top fantasy quarterback. And having the cheat code is crazy. And keep in mind, by the way, this was done without Jalen Waddell. So Tyreek was covered by all-pro Patrick Sortan, and he still had his customary nine catches, 157 yards, and a TD And most of his production, by the way, was in the first quarter. He was hot. He came out early. So when the game's outcome was in doubt, he really put a stamp on it, gave them that early lead. And then I think really opened up the offense, I suspect, because they realized they couldn't focus on the run game. And then it was over from there. Tyreek and Tua, obviously in the real category, Tua, you got to watch out for health. Tyreek's good, no matter who's throwing him the ball, but for top end production and potentially record-breaking season, you got to have two in there for Tyreek as well. I'll put Roheem Mostert in the real department as well. Like Tua, though, he's an injury waiting to happen. When he's healthy, though, under Mike McDaniel as the offensive coordinator of the 49ers and now in Miami, he's been a must-start every week player in this offense. So I would keep him going. But he's not even getting just the cheap goal line variety TDs. He's just getting explosive TDs overall. On the rookie, Devin Achain, I think he's for real, but I think his production is a mirage. He scored two of his of his TDs, and the 67-yarder in particular, late in the fourth quarter, both teams had cleared their benches. And he's dynamic, but he's going to have some weeks. I think he's also going to have weeks where he's sub-five touches and 20-something yards. So if Mostert were to miss a week or or more, which is highly probable given his history, then a chain is a must-start and must-own. And by the way, to put a capper on this, if you put look at... uh career NFL throughout the NFL history, career yards per carry with a minimum of 500 career carries. So it's a sizable amount. 500 is, it's basically, you're not a rotation guy, unless you're a rotation guy for 10 plus years. But so it's a, it's a short list and you'll hear the names here. You'll realize this is legit. Roheem Mostert is now the highest. He holds the all-time yards per carry average at 5.42, just slightly ahead of Bo Jackson, who's 5.4. Third on that list is Jamal Charles at 5.38. Fourth is Nick Chubb at 5.26. And fifth, shocking to me, is Gus Edwards at 5.15. So shout out to Gus Edwards. Uh, Mostert and Edwards are both vying for the most underrated current running backs in the NFL. I Anyone who thought before the season would say, who's in the top five all-time yards per carry with 500 minimum carries? I doubt they would have had Mostert and Edwards on that list. Maybe. Okay, what else is going on? Uh, look. I'm not even going to spend any time on the Taylor Swift stuff. I did think it was cool. She was very into the game. Maybe it's just a PR stunt. That's what my son thinks would make sense. I don't know. But anyhow, it was cool. So what did we learn this weekend? First, look, this is my annual diatribe. I'm on top of this every year. I don't care. It's three weeks in. If you're 0-3 or 3-0, you've proven nothing in the real game and in the the faux game. Uh, Particularly in the faux game, you're so in it. So it, is. So don't jump to conclusions. It doesn't matter. If I look at the teams, the Cowboys are going to be there when it matters, even though they lost this past weekend, the Chiefs are going to be there when it matters. Buffalo's look stellar since their Monday night loss to the Jets. Those three teams in particular, along with Miami, the 49ers and Philadelphia Eagles, they're all going to be there. They're all good. So don't jump to too many conclusions. Obviously with the three, no teams, you can jump to conclusions, but I wouldn't jump too far ahead. So the one, one thing I want to talk about though, this week here was just like, Look at the top five, six quarterbacks, top seven, eight running backs, receivers, couple, couple tight ends. Who are the top guys and who's for real? Who do you want to keep and who do you want to sell? So I'll do this quickly. I'm not going to belabor it, but a quarterback, look, the top top five guys, top four guys are Kirk Cousins, Justin Herbert, Tua, Jordan Love, and then you got Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts tied at fifth. So Kirk Cousins is having 20, 25 points per game, really solid. I think the rate he's currently at isn't sustainable, but he's being supported by Vikings defense that sucks. A run game that's ridiculously mediocre and way down. And this may be his apex statistical season where the Vikings are just forced to outscore every opponent and throw a lot. Jordan Addison's look good. He's as advertised. TJ Hawkinson provides a really strong third option middle of the field there. And then Justin Jefferson as Jefferson. So I would say keep Kirk Cousins. If he can stay healthy, this could be his big year. He is a free agent this year. He's incentivized to do everything he can of a big year. I don't think he's going to sustain this rate, but he's. A, I would keep him. And then Justin Herbert, similar to Vikings and Cousins situation, he's got strong, stable receivers, even with Mike Williams out for the season. But he's got defense that gives up a lot of points. Run game's mediocre. Even Eckler's really just a pass-receiving back. He's not. He's, you know, he's never even run for 1,000 yards in his career. So I think there's a path to him consistently being a top quarterback. So whether you're in dynasty or redraft, Herbert's a no-brainer. Keep him. Two is an interesting one. He's been spectacular. He's demonstrated that when healthy, he's a, an elite tactician of the position. He's got a he's got a great offensive coordinator, a great offensive mind. Arguably the best st- starting tandem of receivers. If health was not a concern, he'd be a strong keep. I there's just so much risk with his head injury. That I would consider selling high right now when people are forgetting about that injury history and seeing what he's doing. Just to per- put it in perspective, he scored 66 points, which is actually technically tied for Herbert, and he's averaging 22 points a game. He definitely could be better than that. T- looks really good, but I might capitalize and sell high right now. Fourth is Jordan Love, and I'm recording this kind of during the halftime in the the Packers game, so I don't have the final score. But he, I had sell on him that we might have missed that boat, so I apologize. I wrote this a couple of nights ago, but just now recording. He's averaging 21 points a game. He's been a pleasant surprise. I and mean, maybe he performs better when Christian Watson gets into the fold and is fully healthy. Maybe Detroit's turned a corner and they're actually pretty dominant. I don't know, but he's not looked great tonight. I had him as a sell because he's put up some pretty good numbers to date, but that's what it is. And then Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, I'd say both have been both have been solid, not spectacular. And if you can trade for them, acquire them. If you've got them, keep them. They, they're clearly the, the the class of the league. And then what are some quarterbacks to target? Some guys that have been maybe underperformed that I think are going to be good for the rest of the year. I'd call out Trevor Lawrence, Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow, Geno Smith. All these guys have a good historical track record with the exception of Geno Smith, but he's in a, a great situation with talent around him. And they've got talent. I think they're going to turn a corner. I think all those guys have underperformed. And if you can get them cheap or at a good price, and you've got someone who's maybe you're looking to flip a Jordan Love and maybe get something else. I don't know. I believe in Lawrence. Obviously, Burrow, if you can get him he once he gets healthy and right. I think Geno Smith is a good discount. Quarterback one. And then Matthew Stafford's look good. Once he gets Cooper cut back, he's going to have pretty good depth there. So like that. At running back. I mentioned this earlier. Number one guy is Roheem Moster. He's got scored 83 points. He's averaging 27.6 points per game. His productivity is, it's sustainable. And this could be his career here. I think it's all likely going to be. He's got seven TDs and he's like on pace for a huge year. But I would sell because his statistical output through three games, it's not realistic. And he's got this injury history. So if you can find a taker hand over a proven kind of un, underperforming back, maybe like a Saquon Barkley plus something, it's a deal I would do in a redraft league. So sell, Second is McCaffrey. He's got seventy-one points, twenty-three point six points per game. By the way, these are all in a point uh, half-point PPR league scoring. CMC was one of the top fantasy picks, and there's nothing we've seen through three weeks that suggests that he won't be one of the most productive NFL players this year. Definitely keep for now. A little bit of injury concern with him, but look, every player's got injury concern. I think he's sound. If he's healthy, he's going to be one of the top players to have and most productive. Third is Kenneth Walker. He's got 56 points, so a big drop-off between Mostert, McCaffrey, and, and him. He's down at 18.6 points per game, so almost five, exactly five points less than McCaffrey. I'm not sold on Walker. He's a good back, but he's been benefited from unusually high number of goal line carries, and he's actually not been productive there. So he's continues to be a mediocre short yardage player. He was one of the worst last year. I think he's going to start losing those carries to Zach Charbonnet. So if you can upgrade to a higher ceiling, feature back, pull the trigger, sell. If you're in a dynasty league, I like Kenneth Walker as a player, but I'm not sure he's going to keep up his productivity and, and maybe he's got a near term high in terms of popularity and perception out there. Fourth is the rookie, Devin Arcane, who I'd mentioned. He scored 56 points, 28 points per game. Keep in mind, he scored, I think, more than 50. Well, he scored 50-something of those this week. He's only had one carry for five yards the week before, so he scored all 56 points. He was awesome this past week. I just don't know how many games the Dolphins are going to score, 70 points. I would actually put a large amount of money that they have zero of these the rest of the year. I think it's a combination of Denver just really stinking up the joint and Miami just executing perfectly, being flawless. But until Moser gets hurt or arcane... Truly earns the majority of touches. He's just not a fantasy RB one, and right now you might be able to get a lot for him because people are going to be super hot on him as a name and as a, just the upside. If you're in a dynasty league, maybe you hold, but I would probably, I probably look to see what you can get on this situation. And, and fifth is Tony Pollard. He scored 51 points, averaging 17 points per game. Here's a guy I would target to pick up. I, D- Dallas's offense hasn't gotten into offensive rhythm yet, and when they do, Pollard will explode. And so he's even, so he's the fifth most productive running back. I think he, he's a guy that could extend and be like right there with McCaffrey at number one, number two, maybe number three. So I really like him to maintain, if not way out before Maurice he's been at, um, the sixth guy is a surprise and I got to sell on this guy. It's Kyrene Williams, Rams running back. He scored 50 points this year. he's averaging 16.6 points per game. I don't understand the Rams. They've underperformed so far this year. What I can say is, or sorry, they've overperformed this year, quite frankly, offensively. And Williams is a solid, versatile back, but he's not a special player. He definitely doesn't demand touches. He's maybe just a, he's like okay or above average at at almost a lot of different things. So if you trade for him, uh, so if you can trade him for a more talented player in a similar, better situation, I'd take it in a heartbeat. I just don't see Williams keeping up this production for a full year. And while look, he's probably going to get, if he keeps this role, which it looks like he's pretty much destined to keep this role for at least majority of the season, barring injury, he's going to, he's going to exceed 10 TDs. He's already at four and probably have around 1300 yards. So that's good. He'll be a top 10 running back, but there's not any evidence that that's a, first off, there's not a lot of evidence he's guaranteed because Sean McVay's pass says that he'll, he could easily be inactive come week 10 or 11. And some guy we don't even know, who's not even on the Rams yet, could be the primary guy. I just don't have a lot of trust in that situation. There's a lot of downside, So I'd probably sell. In my home league, I have him. I'm not looking to sell him because I'm not looking to just dump him, but I'm, it's a little bit dubious him. And I've got, by the way, I've actually got him, I think, in, in all my core fantasy leagues. He's picked up in the other two leagues I play in. I'm in a deep league where I've had him on the roster. So I like him as a player. I just don't, he's not special. And if you can get something special for him now, I would capitalize. So who would you, at running backs, who would you target so the guys I've seen that are underperforming or had some injury stuff, I would say Josh Jacobs, I still like to turn it around. Aaron Jones looked great in week one. He's back tonight. Isaiah Pacheco, I think, is when they get a rhythm offensively, he's going to guy. I think he's gonna get spoon-fed a bunch of short yardage touchdowns. And I think he's a really dynamic runner, really compliments them. He's starting to get used in the passing game. Not a significant amount, but a couple catches here or there a game it makes a big difference. I think he's a guy that end up being a top 10 guy as we get into the play, fantasy playoffs. Derrick Henry is still I think Tennessee will figure out their line, get rhythm. They can't throw the ball, so they really need to rely on Henry. I think that's going to that's going to come to fruition in the couple next couple of weeks. And then further down the list, I remain a Cleo Herbert Truther. I think he still could be decent. He's always been effective whenever he's gotten the ball. It's clear the Bears need to ground and pound there. And stop. They need to go back to what they were doing last year and getting the ball in Herbert's hand, letting fields run. I think Rashawn Johnson looks okay. It doesn't look better than Herbert to me. And by the way, he can be heavily involved. Their offense is going to revolve around running the ball. So those are the names I target at receiver. First and foremost, Tyreek Hill, absolute stud. Cheat code. He scored 84 points. He's averaging 28 points per game. I don't need to say a lot more than that. I would definitely keep this guy. He is a league winner. He's always been a league winner. Hold on to him. Do not get rid of him. Next guy, Keenan Allen, he scored 76 points or 25.5 points per game. I would say, Allen is a potential. look, he's a potential Hall of Famer, end of his career, playing with a franchise quarterback. There are some red flags, but you've got to ride him for the time being, especially with Mike Williams out. He's the security blanket to a great young quarterback. I would keep him. I just don't think you're going to, if you're in a, if you're in a dynasty league and you can get some like younger upstart player, maybe, but I like you now and still very good player. And if you could stay healthy, he's going to be a top five guy this year. Justin Jefferson, not much to say there. I would keep him. He's at 68 points, 23 points per game. He's just too good. Don Devontae Adams is slightly below that 65 points. And he's at 22 points per game. Again, another I'd keep. He's just, he's the featured guy in that offense. And he's so good. Now he gets a fifth guy, Mike Evans. He scored fifty nine points, just shy of twenty a game. He's a guy. He's a guy. <clears throat> he's going for his ninth straight one thousand yard season. So off to a great start. I think I would sell if you can leverage. You know, you can leverage the fact that he's off to a great start. People will forget about the the concerns that they had going into the season on him, and you can sell him high, flip him for a player. I would do that. Um, Debo Samuel is number six. He's at 51 and um 17 points per game. I love Samuel. He's an awesome hybrid two-way player. I'm a big 49ers fan. And they're making a point to get him the ball. He's their primary. It's like him and McCaffrey, they're really putting game plans in to get them touches consistently throughout the game. They're using some in some cases, they're using them interchangeably where they put Samuel in the backfield and split McCaffrey out wide and vice versa. But once Ayuk is back, That's going to decrease a little bit because I kind of missed part of two games ago and all of the last week game. So if you can get a clear cut wide receiver one uh, and a player for player move, I'd do it. I'd sell. I love Samuel, but that's what I would call out. And then seventh is a tie between two rookies, Daniel Dell, or as they call him, Tank Dell and Puka. Both have 50 points. Now, Puka got his in the first two weeks with monster games and had a little bit solid week last week, solid number of targets, but not explosive. And Tankdale had a massive week three. I'm lumping these guys in together, though, as they're becoming kind of feature guys in their respective teams' offenses. However, they're different circumstances. I still have the same recommendation. In Dynasty Leagues, I'd keep them, but in Redraft, capitalize on the excitement and productivity to upgrade to a stronger wide receiver one with with wide receiver one ceiling. They're just, they're not going to be consistent, especially with Cooper Cup comes back with Puka. And I think Houston's going to be, you know, up and down all season long. Uh, I still like Robert Woods is like an outlet guy. So I would look at that again, dynasty, maybe a little bit different. Wide receivers to target. Who are guys that have underperformed so far that you know, want to call out Tyler Lockett? I think is still going to have some good weeks. I, I guess I'm, I'm on the Kenny Ken, Geno Smith train. You got good talent there with Jackson Smith and N- Jigba. And DK Metcalf, there's a lot of mouths to feed, but I think they're going to have some big scoring weeks. Tyler Lockett's still a pro. He's still going to have a good year. AJ Brown at the wide receiver one level, he's still a stud. That offense is great. He's going to get his touches. He had a solid week three after kind of two mediocre first two weeks. Terry McLaurin, I still like him. I'm waiting for Sam Howell to show what he showed us in the preseason. And then Chris Godwin, I think, is a counter to Mike Evans. Baker's doing well. Chris Godwin's going to get his touches. So I, I like those guys over the course of the season being quality starters in, in most fantasy leagues. Last, tight ends. Number one so far, TJ Hawkinson. He's got 40 points, 13.5 points per game. Look, Kelsey's going to overtake him soon. And unless you can trade him straight up, I'd keep him hawkinson looks like he's going to consistently be fed second is rookie sam laporta he's got 37 points he's averaging 12.3 points per game or is off to a great rookie season he may not keep this up but he's second most targets of any tight end through three weeks and looks solid to finish to the top five fantasy tight end potentially even higher than that he looked good in the first half against the the packers as well so big fan here i'd keep uh hunter henry 31 points, 10.3 points per game. Henry is another keeper, in my humble opinion. First Versatile receiver, becoming Mac Jones, security blanket. Fourth is Travis Kelsey. Look, if you have him, you invested a ton in him already. If it, it, maybe if it wasn't for Travis, Taylor Swift, I'd have said, go out and acquire Kelsey before he explodes because he's he is who he is. And he's off to a little bit slow start since he missed week one. But now nobody's going to move him. And besides, I would keep him if you got him. And then Evan Ingram, he's another guy I'd keep. He's 26, nine. But this is how bad this position has been so far that the number four guy or number five guy is is below 10 points per game. Ingram has a ton of talent. Trevor Lawrence and the Jags have disappointed. It's not going to last for long. They're going to eventually get their bearings, and he's one of his security blankets. I think you're looking, at, look, he's the number five tight end right now. He's probably going to end up the season with 750 yards receiving, 65, 70 catches, and seven ATDs. That's where we are with tight ends in fantasy. So, which tight ends should you target? I would say George Kittle and Mark Andrews are the two guys that pop to me. I think Kittle is going to have plenty of good weeks. He's a boomer bust guy, but Brock Purdy definitely uses them, goes after them, so he'll have his weeks and he'll get on a rhythm. He had a decent week three, so he the things looking up for him. Maybe he'll be tough to trade for him. And the other one is Mark Andrews; he's another Lamar Jackson guy that you know he's going to focus in on. So, anyhow, those are my musings through week three. Kind of week four on top. I'm very excited for the week weekend ahead. It's going to be an awesome weekend of football. I appreciate all of you listening. Hope you all have an awesome weekend and a great fantasy week ahead. On that note, take care. Bye bye. Before we leave, let me tell you a little something. Uptown, funky you up. Uptown, funky you up. Uptown, funky you up. Uptown, funk up. you up. I said, uptown.